0: You want to find your tribe of raving fans, and that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and educator at tacticalprogram.com, Justin Lamb.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build better business. And today I have a repeat visitor, somebody who's been on our podcast uh, earlier last year. And she's come back to join us again because I found a very interesting topic uh, that she was talking about a few weeks back. And uh, I wanted to bring that to your attention. So, welcome Dr. Julie Nelson from Qi Integrated Health, our uh, acupuncturist and uh, traditional Chinese doctor or medicine.
2: All of it works.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> get confused. It's so hard. And you know, You're it's funny because
2: you saw it this time. You nailed it. You got and then
1: and and I have a degree in kinesiology. And so I still mess this stuff up. But you know, it's it's long. It's TCSM, right? No, no, it's TCSM. Yeah. Right? Traditional Chinese medicine. Dr. Doctor- yes.
2: Yeah, there That's
1: you go. Exactly. So, excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me back today. Uh, and hope you had a really awesome weekend. Uh, So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, something that really intrigued my attention uh, a couple weeks back while we were in BNI, and you were talking about uh, the mind-body connection, and it was something I really wanted to kind of share with the audience today, and maybe you can kind of dive into a little bit about what you kind of mean by, you know, how the body and the mind connect with uh, one another, and how they affect one another. Okay,
2: so, and thank you for inviting me back, Um, and when you flagged that, I was like, okay, I better... I better really think about this (laughs) because you just, as you go through your practice, these things are just sort of natural for you. So to take a step back, when you think about the mind-body connection, the mind is where you basically process events and situations and you store them. The mind attaches meaning to things. So if something quote unquote bad happens to you, um, the feeling is, oh my God, that was bad. And then you store it as bad the problem is you store it as bad in your body. Your body is your receptacle for your emotions. Does that make sense? And in Chinese medicine, and I'll go back to the um, Verklep feeling, because that's probably the most relatable feeling. So when you are overcome with emotion, uh, when you're overcome with grief or sadness, and you get that lump in your throat, okay, okay, in Chinese medicine, we call that um, liver chi stagnation. That's actually that's actually energy that takes somewhat of a physical form because you're not able to swallow. You know there's nothing there physically. If you were to x-ray it, there'd be, there'd be nothing there. Yet, there's no way you can swallow when you have that emotion, that feeling caught in your throat. And so um, what happens is, and, and you don't have that feeling all the time. It's just when you have big emotions come up. What happens though is we we tend to store our emotions like that and they get they get stuck in our body and they get stuck because we had an experience that happened that we labeled that it didn't pass through our body right so emotions are meant to be felt and then you release them right and it's when you have big things that happen that sometimes they get stuck so that's an example of um and I, I know because I, I do a lot of work in this area, when you have people that have had trauma at a very young age or any age, car accidents, rapes, a lot of, you know, maybe your dad was a rageaholic or there's a lot of uncertainty or a very tumultuous childhood, you will unfortunately store those situations in your body. Okay. And now it tends to happen is um, they're there and they're, they unconsciously are requiring energy to be stored. It's like um, your hard drive, right? You're using energy, just electricity to store things on a hard drive. So your body uses energy to store those things. Uh, And you know you have them when when a situation happens and you get tripped and you have this really big overreaction. It's like, oh, that that reaction did not fit the crime. Like that reaction did not fit that situation because there was a wound there that was very similar to what happened to you. So that left left over time, and not treated or resolved or processed, really processed and let go, um, that eventually it will start to break things down in the body. And the, the most common areas we see it typically is in digestion, in the gut. When people say they've got IBS, that's typically an area that you look at and kind of go, okay, some of it's food sensitivity, environmental or genetic, for sure. Not taking that away. Some people are gluten or celiac, that kind of stuff. Um, that can cause, but IBS, a lot of the time, what I see in my practice is more from unprocessed emotion that just over time, that energy bubble, that verclep feeling just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually the stomach and the digestive system become less efficient. That makes sense. Um, and then you start to see more gut sensitivities, you start to see more bloating, you start to see more, um, not able to digest food, or there's a lot of diarrhea, that kind of stuff. So that's one example of the mind-body connection, that when it's not a healthy connection, it can result in um, disease uh, showing up later in the body, if that makes sense. Um, The other mind-body connection, though, because you can talk about this so many different ways, is, you know, the old adage is, you are what you think. And when you are connected to your body, and I think yoga is one of the most beautiful ways to get connected to your body through breath work, right? When you get quiet and you go in and you can feel your body, right? And then you know, oh my God, my neck is really sore. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired today. And I think so often we become severed from the mind-body connection because our mind is such a powerful computing functioning machine that um, a lot of the time we're actually not living in the moment that we're in we're living next Tuesday we're living last Friday we're like oh my god I've got to get my kids to here or what are we having for dinner or I'm so worried about this presentation and so what tends to happen is and you and people will feel this if you run your hands down your sternum so just where your rib cage ends and your stomach begins like your diaphragm area And you push on that, if that feels really sore, and in some people, it really does, that tends to be where people are holding a lot of anxiety. And anxiety is fear about, right? And so when you're not running in the present, you tend to create a lot of anxiety in your body because it's the unknown of the future. And so what we like to do is look at practices that keep us fully engaged in the present because that's where people are typically feeling the safest in most cases. And so yoga is one of those beautiful things that just brings you back to the present. And when you focus on your breath, that's where you can ground yourself and stabilize yourself. And when you become conscious and aware of your surroundings, then you're back in the present again. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I can, sort of draw parallels to it when, when I had an active rehab studio and we were helping people with manual therapy you know I had an individual who came in and you know she was she was a mess. I mean you know by any clinical standard uh, upstairs she was a mess um, you know and and by that very nature everything seemed to hurt. Uh, And and over time, you know, when we were working with her trying to, you know, do stretching, do exercise, and then do manual release, um, I ended up working with some trigger points down in the solar plexus area, right? So, you know, releasing the psoas and whatnot. But it is really incredible because when you work on that area, and and as you alluded to, you harness and, and harbor so much of that energy in that stomach region. You know, by merely touching it, it was super sore for her. But keeping pressure there and kind of letting her be present in the moment of breathing, all of a sudden she burst out crying. Yeah. Not because of pain, but because she was releasing emotions. She was yeah. releasing things that had been stored up in her for so long and it affected her body so deeply that she didn't even realize it. And I think a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, you know, we have anxiety about everything, of everything that's going on, bills being paid, I mean, like payroll is such a big thing for a lot of people, cash flow, Um, you know, whether or not we are in these times, you know, not even sure whether we're going to have enough business in the door to keep our lights on next month. And so all of these people are holding so many of these emotions and they don't, it. They're wondering why they have indigestion, why they're having you know aches and pains. And it's because our brain seems to then store all of these cellular memories, all the hormones and you know all the the neural connections and 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 chemicals in our body are coursing around everywhere, but nowhere to go because we're not there mentally to release them.
2: And I think and it's that's such a great example of your of your client like that is that is such a beautiful example. Um, And I think it goes back to my earlier point, the mind attaches meaning, right? And then your body stores that meaning. Um, And so when you're an entrepreneur, because I've been there, you're obviously there, um, it's that feeling of, am I going to be safe or not? And when people don't feel safe, then they switch into what we call the autonomic nervous system, which is the flight response, right? Right. And so it's like, okay, I'm not going to be safe. I'm like, so be like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do, right? How am I going to, how am I going to pay? How am I going to, right? And so then what happens though, is then your digestion shuts down because when you go into flight mode, several things happen, right? Eyes dilate, basal there's you know, your airways open up so you can run faster. Your digestion slows right down because the energy is going to everywhere else. So you can run away from the situation. And so it's, Um, that digestion is the first thing. But what we also see in the clinic, and back to your point, Justin, is you store this stress in your body. And where I see probably there's three areas that are where people store stress primarily, they will store it in their neck and shoulders, and in the trapezius muscles that lead up into the back of the occiput. Those are tight. And when people are under a lot of stress, they will come in and that area is so tight. And you're like, and I often joke around. I joke around and say to people, are you a pole dancer? Because your upper back is so tenor. And they're like, no, I don't exercise. And I'm going, then how is this muscle that tight? Like, I would expect that from Olympic rower. You know, somebody's got a lot of upper body. Maybe, you know, Djokovic, like tennis players and stuff like that. But, but these people are doing nothing. And this area is so, 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 so tight. So what tends to happen, just take it a step further. So go back to the reclap feeling in the, in the throat. Okay. So there's a ball of energy that is basically not a physical form. However, if that ball of energy stays in that balloon, like state over a period of time, Chinese medicine describes it as chi and blood will stick to it. It becomes a mass. It actually becomes a solid mass in our body. And so to the trigger points, the motor points, you will feel actual lumps on people right? And they tend to congregate on the motor point areas because that's where blood and oxygen are nourishing that particular muscle. And so that area will become very painful to the touch. And so it's just a result of um, storing that energy, not moving that energy, not releasing that energy. And then over time, it gets more and more and more and more painful. And the problem is it's fueled by emotion. So when you pop that balloon, it's like the emotion comes out, right? It's like water comes out. It's like, so the emotion is that uh, emotion made solid. Does that make sense? So um, so number one area is the neck and shoulders where people store a lot of tension. Uh, we see it in that epigastrum area. Uh, and in the gut is another. So upper and then it, goes, it can go down lower. Um, and so that's, those are primarily, oh, chest, sorry, heart art is a big one. Um, people store a lot in the heart. And what I notice in my practice, because I do acupuncture, I do healing touch, um, is that it tends to spill over into the right breast. And so when I'm doing healing touch, and people have had a lot of grief or emotion, or there's a lot of stress, and I'm doing energy work down the body, it's, it always seems to be the right breast. And I don't know why not the left, it's the right. And I often wonder if that if there, and I haven't looked at this, I should, if there is more of a predominance of women having breast cancer in the right breast versus the left breast, I'd be curious to see what those statistics look like. But it seems to be that's where we're holding grief is in the chest area, right? And so it kind of goes over to adipose tissue and becomes a solid kind of thing. It's sort of what I'm seeing Or you, I don't know. So I think, again, I, to people that are listening to this and if you're a cardiologist and rolling your eyes, you have every right to. This is just what I'm seeing in my practice and going, okay, this is really interesting, right? And so I'm not running an MRI machine up and down people's bodies. I'm just feeling where they are holding things in their body and then it becomes a solid, if that makes sense, a solid mass. And so I think with the mind-body connection, it's a lot of it is um, awareness. Right, It's awareness that you have pain in your body, and a lot of people don't even feel that pain until something happens, until there's a situation that triggers it and brings it up, whether it's a family issue or a custody battle or something. Our emotions at some point do get tripped, and it will lead us right to the source of that pain, and you know that's where you're holding it in your body.
1: Yeah, it is really interesting, and and it's funny because... When you say that, it's, I think it's really unique because, you know, there's another case. Uh, I was at a seminar, it was a self development seminar, and they were working on, you know, the mindset and trying to clear uh, old wounds, things that you've buried in your past. And you know, there was this lady who was at the seminar, and you know, from day one she came in and she was shaking. She had symptoms of what you would expect. I believe it's Alzheimer's um, you know, or, or Parkinson's where she was, you know, shaking, um, all the time. And, you know, we were going through this exercise and they call it, um, uh, uh a, a cerebral exercise where you're finding a partner and you are faced one-on-one and you're kind of going back and they, they call it, I think they call it memory lane. And in that moment, you know, with your partner, you're, you're imagining a person who might've hurt you or caused pain and, and suffering. And it's so funny because as you resolve this issue with that person in front of you, uh, you know, she came running up to the front of the room and like, no joke, she's like, oh my God, I just like the worst cry, like ugly cry. Um, and I I forgave, I believe I was a parent. I think it's either the mom or the dad. She forgave the parent for whatever trauma that she felt like she had. And she held her hand up and no joke, she wasn't shaking at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so powerful that we're harboring all of these things on a day-to-day basis and either they're stuck in our uh, neck or gut or heart, you know, like, you know, it's funny when we talk about grief, we talk about a heavy heart, um, you know, and it's, and, and that's all, you know, aggregated the chest region, um, you know, whether or not that's the left or the right side, that's, you know, like you said, it's something that we don't really know, but it'd be interesting to see.
2: So. I- Yeah, so so there is a really, really extreme example, right? Like it was actually causing physical, like we would call that wind in Chinese medicine, but it's interesting. So every organ in Chinese medicine is associated with an emotion. So the lungs hold grief, right? And I mean, I think we might've talked about this last one. So when somebody is sad, grief, the energy gets drained. It goes down, it drains. So when you lose somebody, um, or it's, you know, again, a marriage breakup or something, and you feel this exhaustion, it's because the chi is dissolved, right? There is there is no energy. So the natural inclination is to go and sleep. So you hold that in your lungs. So people can feel that feeling of like, I cannot breathe. I'm just, it's just too much. So there's so not enough energy there. Uh, heart is joy, actually. The heart is, holds joy. Uh, the kidneys are fear. Uh, liver is anger. Um... And uh, spleen, stomach, I think, is overthinking. Like it's thinking. It's like, and I'm, I've got to go back and check that. Anyhow, so that's so. What tends to happen though is is resentment. Resentment is such a great emotion. Resentment is kind of like combination of fear, disappointment, anger. So that is the most toxic thing you can do to yourself <laughs> is to hold a grudge. Quite honestly, it is because you create again, Berkeley, that energy ball. It just, it's lower down and it blocks the energy from flowing through the body, right? And so you hold that resentment and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and anger rises up, right? And so it's one of those ones where is you, over time, it will become a mass, right? Remember qi and blood stagnation, it forms a hard ball. So I remember asking one of my um, doctors when I was in school, doctor of Chinese medicine, Dr. Tai, I said, what's the best way to treat cancer with Chinese medicine? Like, and he, without missing a beat said, forgiveness. And I'm like, well, what I was expecting. <laughs> I was starting to give me a formula or points. And he was like, you make a list of all the people you have resentment towards and you forgive them. And I'm like, well, isn't that interesting? That resentment is so toxic to the body. Like anger is toxic to the body. Now, feeling anger is a normal thing. You, you feel it and you run it. You just, you gotta let these emotions go. But when you store them, they serve no purpose for you. In fact, they actually make you sick. So I think, you know, Dr. Tai, because I really thought about like, I really went back and just kind of like, you know, when somebody throws you something, you kind of, you go around it. Um, And it also drains your energy. Resentment drains your energy because you keep that fight alive, right? And so, and then you block out the positive things that can be happy to you. You don't see the good things because you're so stuck on that moment and you know that righteous anger that righteous indignation like i have every right to be angry you do (laughs) i'm sure you do we all do but it serves no purpose and then and then we get disease right and then we get heart or we get because it just that energy has to move somewhere right and so you either wear the body down you break the body down by running energy that's not using to build the body up or you um you just stroke like you just like I mean pick anything like when you when you when you run energy and it gets bigger and bigger bigger, it's got to move energy has to move and so that's when we see things so I think you know being fully conscious in the body like being fully conscious of you know when you feel things let them go and I think the other thing that we see so much of and I'm not going to knock western medicine I'm not um but how we cope with unresolved emotion right? And I think the hardest thing is to stay with our feelings. That is the hardest thing. It's hard to stay with boredom. It's hard to stay with disappointment. It's hard to stay with fear. You don't want to feel these feelings, right? Like that's why we binge watch. That's why we have alcohol. That's why we have, you know, medications that just take us down a couple of notches. We have cigarettes, we have vaping, right? Because a lot of time we just, it's just too hard to be in the present and manage the fear of uncertainty, manage the fear of rejection, manage the fear of oh my God, what if? Right? Like I mean, the the earth experience can be a pretty challenging experience at times, and and there's a lot of ways we can try to duck it or make it more manageable. Works in the short term, not so great in the long term, right? And so I think to have the human experience and be able to do it, um, and again, I'm not people need medications. I'm not saying they don't. They We have them for a reason. Um, but sometimes you have to look at the reason why you're taking this medication, right? And, or why am I, you know, I have a patient, lovely, lovely young woman. Uh, and she, to quote her, has to have a glass of wine at the end of the day. I have to have this, right? This is how I transition from work to motherhood. I have, this is my, and I said, well, we thought about maybe and and she's not alone like if you look at the alcohol consumption with women it's high it's super high right Uh, and it's high because those two glasses take us from here back into ourselves right they transition us from like oh my god i'm feel powerless under control to it's going to be okay i feel calm i feel relaxed right and so that's and it's not a stereotype it's and women aren't alone right i mean (laughs) we've been drinking for a long time now. And so it's that it's the ability to actually be present in the body, I think is one of the hardest things for us to do. And I think one of the best, one of the, one of the ways that we can help ourselves is through exercise and to run that energy. That energy has to run. And give a day, you have so many emotions. You have somebody said, I know this is true enough. You have like 3000 thoughts an hour. And I was like, God, that's a lot of thoughts. Like, no wonder you're tired at the end of the day. You just wear, you just burn yourself out just thinking, right? So it's like, so the mind is this constant machine of labeling and addressing, and and you're you're perceiving things through your wounds and your childhood, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 a tough place to be sometimes. And so you know, people tend to help us self-regulate, which is great if it's positive relationships. But I think. If we don't run those emotions, if we attach, if we get traumatized by things or triggered, then we run the risk of storing it, right? And so that is the danger. And nobody gets through life without pain and hurt and suffering. Like, you know, as every Buddhist will say, suffering is part of the deal. It's sort of like, how do you suffer and let go, right? How do you feel it and release it? How do you manage from one situation, one conversation, one person to the next without their energy or their whatever sticking to you so that you can kind of go, okay, that was, I see where you're coming from and, and that's yours. I'm not going to hold on to that and get, get caught on that, that moment. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that actually gets socially uh, bestowed upon us, you know, through the way that we grow up. You know uh, how many times do parents shortchange their children uh, in terms of being able to experience those emotions because they have fear of embarrassment, they have fear of uh, judgment by other people, that they're they're dealing with their own stuff and they don't have the capacity or bandwidth to be able to deal with a child or a toddler's emotion, and so they curb them and they just and they nip it and and that child doesn't have an outlet and over time. It aggregates, right? And then as adults, we don't know how to cope with that because we were never allowed to cope with it as children. Yes. And so it isn't surprising that we have uh, issues as a society in general uh, of being able to cope with these traumas, these emotional activities, and that we're using fixes, you know, whether it's a phone or a TV or a substance uh, to pacify us and not be they're in the most because we're not really taught how to regulate ourselves. Uh, we're yeah. And so do you have anything that maybe, you know, you could suggest for people to uh, utilize or to, to implement in their daily lives, to help them improve that regulation, especially if they didn't get that when they were young.
2: So let's go back. Cause I've got two kids. Well, They're 19 and 21. Okay. And I think, And I will say this, the biggest mistake I made as a mother was trying to make it perfect. Right? I didn't want them to be disappointed. I didn't want them to be let down. I didn't want them to feel bad. Um, And so I think, you know, me and a lot of my counterparts rushed in to say, okay, it's always always okay. It's always okay. okay." Let's go to the store. Let's get a treat. Let's, let's, let's do it. It was like the diversion, right? Like, because I think it's self-preservation you wanted to avoid the big meltdown, right? Because the big meltdown, oh my God, it takes energy. And you just say, okay, not now, or whatever, right? Or you honestly had so much love for your kids, you didn't want them to be disappointed. That's why everybody gets a ribbon on, you know, sports day. Nobody does not get a ribbon now. I've never seen so many colors of ribbons in my life. When I grew up, we had red, blue, and white. You're either first, you're second, you're third, or you got nothing. You're just, now everybody, now everyone's winning. So we joke about that, but. But there's something about letting kids be disappointed, right? There's something about, shoot, you didn't make the team, but your best friend did, ah, right? There's something about, oh, he likes my best friend, but not me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Or, or oh, you know, like, so I, I think we do our kids a disservice when we don't let them feel the full capacity of their emotion, right? Or we say, don't cry. Don't you cry? I remember my dad saying, don't you cry? I'll give you something to cry about. Like, what was that? Like, or you know what I'm saying? But I really, I think we need to let people cry, right? We need to let them melt down in the superstore. Like if it's a two year old and it's gonna, you know or on the plane, like let them have at it, right? Have at it and let, give them the space and go, I get it, this is disappointing, right? That is a valid emotion. You you get to feel that way. That's okay to feel that way, right? Don't not feel that way because then you run it, right? Like that's how you let it go. And that's what really empathy is all about. And so whether it's a spouse or it's a sister or it's a mom, it's really just being quiet and letting that person run that emotion and and let them cry, the ugly, snotty cry and don't interrupt them, like let them go. And then really what it is, it's it's empathy is saying, yeah, I get why that would hurt. Like, and Brene Brown does a beautiful job of giving you words around those situations. Like she is the master and I will admit, I never had those words with my kids growing up. God, it's a language. Empathy is a language unto itself, and I can say I did not learn it. And when I hear people say it, talk like that, I go, wow, that is so cool. I wish I just got to write that down because those are really good words. That's like passion, and you're being empathetic, and you're not saying that's wrong to feel that way, right? You're not saying, okay, enough already. You know, it's like, I got it. You know, so I think the biggest gift we can give anybody who is holding those things is acceptance, right? It's saying, yeah, yeah, totally. I get it, and um, I can see why you feel that, and and so I think as partners, and I think my partner does a really amazing job of this, is he just holds the space, right? He doesn't interrupt me, he and he, he goes, hey, do we need a check-in? Right? And It's like I can tell we need a check-in. I'm like, no, not now, just like, right? He's like, so he's he actually that's the superpower. He actually can read my face and go, oh, that's not right, You're, you know, and so I think. Um, really, and to me, that's a luxury that to to have somebody to say, okay, what's going on with you? Are you okay? And then not interrupt you and say, well, why do you feel that way? Or that's not okay. Right. And just, just holding this space for people is one of the biggest healing things you can do and not be judgmental that, and then they can run the story and the emotion comes up and they can see it and you've held it, you have validated them. And then it releases it. Right. And so that's huge. And I think if you don't have the luxury of um, being in that situation, then I think you journal, right? You sit down with a pen and paper and you, because the pain will always lead us to the source. Right. So follow the pain because that will tell you where it is in your body. You'll know when you're, oh my God, it's in my chest or, oh my God, it's in my, my whatever. Um, Usually it's in the heart. Like usually it's the front of the body where we tend to store that kind of stuff. So journal if you don't have people that you trust. But if you are going to tell your story, find people that you trust with your story because it's more damaging if you then hear your story from a third person back to you. That's worse, right? So find the people, and Brene Brown says this, find the people that you trust to hold your secrets that won't mock you, that won't dismiss you, that won't minimalize you or marginalize you or basically say you have no right to feel that way, that's way worse, because then we go to anger. We're like, whoa, wait a minute here, right? Um, and, and, and also obviously counselors, right? Find counselors that you know, can hold the space for you that, that you feel um, can take you through these journeys because these are painful and I liken it to chemotherapy, right? You go in, you feel okay, you're not bad. And then you go in and you excavate those wounds. And because when you go into those wounds, you're gonna feel them again, right? They're coming back up again. Um, And so you wanna have a place where you can feel that wound, it comes out, but then you're kind of wobbly for a few days, right? It takes a bit to kind of like, for that wound to heal over. So don't expect when you go to therapy, you're gonna come out feeling like a million bucks, Probably not. Probably the opposite, right? But you're doing the work, right? And so at some point the wound heals and then you find, oh, I didn't react that way. That feels really good. Or I feel better about myself. I'm now, and I think the hardest thing we can do is get to acceptance with ourselves that we have these wounds, that we're not a hundred percent, that Yes, I had a really crazy childhood and my dad was an alcoholic or he was abusive or all of these really bad things happened to me. That's okay. You're not less of a human being because you had that. In fact, you're probably more resilient because you had to endure that. And I find that there's a really great book, The Body Keeps the Score. He talks about the resiliency of people that have gone through these situations and and thrive despite it, right? Like they they've super achieved because of that, right? And so I think that we get counseling, we have a good support system of friends. Um, and I think the biggest healer we can do is to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. Because a lot of time in situations where, you know, and it happens all the time, um, you're an entrepreneur, you're working flat out, you're working 18 hours a day, you're da 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 da. At some point, you will max out. <laughs> at some point, you'll explode, and you'll take it out on your wife, your kids, or do you know what I'm saying? Like There is only so much capacity in the human body to be able to go at 120 miles an hour, and then you hit the wall. And I think the the, the thing that we get brought to our knees time and time again is if you don't practice self-care at some point, you will have to but I think you also want to build confidence in yourself. And the way you build confidence in yourself is to look after yourself. It is to advocate for yourself. It is to speak up when there is something that you don't like and say, hey, time out. This isn't actually working for me. Rather than go, oh, okay. The worst thing you can do is shove things down <laughs> and not say anything because you're shoving down that emotion of disappointment. You're shoving down that emotion of anger. And again, you're holding it not the other person. And so I think the way you heal from these situations is you start to love yourself the way that you need it to be loved. And you weren't, or you take care of yourself, right? And I see this time and time again, when you take care of yourself, it's like your soul can trust you again. It's like your body can trust you again. You're like, okay, oh, it's okay. You're going to take care of me. Um, My parents didn't, or my relationship didn't, but but the superpower comes in you owning the care of yourself and going, okay, well, I gotta get up and I gotta, I gotta exercise, or I've, I've gotta have a healthy breakfast, or I need to go to bed now because I know I need eight hours of sleep, right? Or I'm not gonna hang out with that person because when I do, I actually feel worse about myself. I don't feel good when I hang out with that person. They actually make me feel bad about myself. And so really what it is, is, is it's always gonna be awareness, is was that a regular was that a normal reaction to that situation or did i blow up or oh my body feels really sick right am i taking care of my body am i eating good food am i exercising am i resting because we don't tend to rest a lot in our society we tend to get the badge of honor for how much we got done but am i just going to sit down for 10 minutes and turn off my phone right and so i think the way back to the body is going to be through the mind but it's it's going to be in the it's okay, I got you, I will take care of you, and I will speak up for you, and I will make sure that there is good food in the fridge and I've packed my lunch. You know, it's it's stuff like that. It's building confidence within ourselves because the people that we probably trusted with that let us down, right? Or, you know, I've now got kids, but I still need to look after myself, right? So maybe instead of having a glass of wine, it's a transition. I'm going to put the kids in front of the TV for a moment or give them a game or something. I'm going to roll out my yoga mat and I'm just going to take 20 or 30 minutes. I'm just going to come back to my body, right? Or I'm going to call a friend and say, hey, if you take my kid, I'm just going to go for a power walk. I need to power walk for 30 minutes because here's the other really big, healthy one. Exercise is so good for us. Not over exercise, not like I got to do a boot camp five days a week. That can be more detrimental if your constitution is not strong enough, right? You can actually make yourself sick doing that. But if it's strong, then have at it, right? But if you you are not exercising, then the number one thing is get exercising. And I saw so many people come in during COVID and I'm still seeing them come in who they just felt, especially after Christmas, they felt meh. They felt they had no energy. They felt blah. And I'm like, are you exercising? No, I'm not. I'm watching a lot of Netflix. It's like, okay. You need to exercise. And the best place to exercise if you're feeling that way is get into the woods, get to the water. Like the woods, wood is a liver element. And when you run it, you feel better. Like 30 minutes minimum. 45 is kind of like the magic number. Get in and do a a good 45 minute walk and try to do it four times a week if you can, right? Walk with friends. Like, so exercise is always going to be the best Best, best, best. First thing you can do for yourself, right? And then the next thing is avoid alcohol. It makes things worse, unless it's like a celebratory drink or whatever. But don't use that as your go-to coping mechanism because the problem is when things, when problems get bigger, the consumption follows it, right? And now you've got this. The only way to feel better is, oh my god, I need a drink. Like, is it? Can I just? I just can't wait to get my, you know what I'm saying? So, and not good for the liver because it puts heat in the body and it just makes things that much worse, right? So exercise uh, and people help regulate us. So friends, good friends, getting together with a girlfriend, doing a walk or a guy or whatever, we need people. We are social creatures and they help ground us. They listen to our stories. They, you know, they take us outside of our head and, you know, and laughter is great. Laughter, beautiful way to run energy, right? Comedy channel, whatever you got laughter is such a great way of breaking the mental mood and putting you into a different space. Uh, and I think COVID has been so hard for people because we've had so much time alone. Right. And and sometimes it's good, right? And then sometimes it's like too much time alone. Right. You need people. And I saw that was I saw this with my mom, right? Like a lot of elderly people really, this is really tough, right? And and not having the church to go to, not having friends drop off castle, like you know, just that whole interaction was just really tough not to have the human connection. So I don't know. What else, what am I
1: missing here, Justin? Like gonna... Nothing. I mean, what you packed in here in the last little bit was huge. And, and for me, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is things that I address in the new uh, module and courses that I've got developing under our tactical educational platform. And we talk about, mem- you know, my, uh, mind uh, body connection. We talk about how we store that uh memory and trauma and how important it is to have an accountability partner, somebody who's going to be there that you trust to hold space for you. But, you know, I, I say it often to to people and especially my wife is, uh, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Uh, and, and you really hit that uh, nail on the head. And I love that you've provided some Really wonderful uh, pieces of you know resolutions for people you know who are looking to even whether it's self-regulating and if they're not able to find a partner or have a person you know help them you know taking those those walks, reducing the amount of alcohol or substance intake, and trying to be there with yourself and sort through it because yeah. the traumas are there uh, and whether you recognize them or not, uh, it doesn't come easily until you are with yourself and that you are conscious. About those things, and you're never going to be conscious about everything. They will show up and at the weirdest of times, and you're never going to catch every one of them. But the more that you can catch, the better you're going to be, the more that we're going to heal. And yeah. so, yeah. But for the sake of time, I'm gonna to have to cut our our short our, our session short because you know our podcast is supposed to be around 30 minutes, and of course, oh, we just boring. like oh no, but you know what? That's it's okay because I think. This was tremendous. And I think anybody who's listening for this, if you find value in this, you have to let me know. Because if you want Dr. Julie Nelson to come back onto this, we can dive in further about the health and the mind, the connection to our body and souls. Like this is this is such a wonderful lady and she's got such great knowledge. So if you like it, hit me up on uh, Instagram and social media uh, and let me know how much you loved her because I'd love to have her back if you want her back. So. But, it's, it's nice to be wanted but that's okay yeah, if you. <laughs> but Julie you have to tell me again what is the book that you were mentioning again because I think a huh. bunch of our listeners would love to listen to that book do you have that book ready do you know what it is you yeah. the title
2: yeah no it is I'm just going to grab it off the shelf for sorry <laughs> anybody who's any has had any serious trauma right like serious trauma um, it's called, The Body Keeps the Score. It's brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. And it's, uh, I'm gonna say this wrong, I apologize to the author. Basil Vander der Kolk, uh, MD, I'm gonna hold this up in case you have a video. Um, and it's funny because I had a patient the other day, trauma, trauma patient, and I said, oh, here's a book you might wanna look at. She goes, and I told her, she goes, oh, I bought that two days ago. So there are no coincidences. So he does a beautiful job of outlining how your body, and the great thing is he's a medical doctor, so people will take this very seriously. <laughs> and, he, and he outlines you know, the effect, because he was a clinician, he saw the same things I was seeing, that you just, it comes up in chronic disease, chronic illness, and I've had so many young gals come to me with like, a lot of illness going, you're too young for this, like you you know, and, and traumatic family of origin. So that's the thing. So that's why this is such a great book for anybody that is starting down the healing journey or anybody that's kind of struggling around this is a great place to start to really understand yourself and to really plug into yourself and, uh, and then start the journey there. So I wish everybody the best. If you are on that journey, it's painful, but it is so rewarding and so worthwhile. So keep going, you will get better.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope everybody picks that up. It's a wonderful addition to uh, any library. I actually, I've read it, uh, yeah. but I read it a long time ago. So it's probably a good time for me to reread that, to go through it, because I think when I first read it, uh, I understood part of it because it was for th- for for therapy and understanding further uh, on how to improve myself, um, you know, in, in trying to overcome those healing processes. But I think now with an expansion of, you know, this whole mindset uh, part of our of my educational platform and as I'm continuing down this road I think it's a good time for me to revisit to see what else I get out of it because for those who don't know I read books over and over and over again and I can read a ton of different books but I read the same books over and over again to extract maximal information out of it so I yeah. highly recommend you guys try to do that instead of just reading every book uh, known to man spend some time really study those books so but again Thank you, Julie, for joining me today. And I really hope we're going to have another one, uh, best if we can have one before the end of the year. So,
0: Great. Well, thank
2: you. Thanks for this opportunity. I really appreciate that.
1: Uh.
0: We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.